Raiders, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it, you love it. It, of course, is Victory Lane. Today's episode 92. As you see from the title, we have a, <laughs> I said, the man, the myth, the legend himself on the show, NASCAR Chasm. You know him, you love him. He's so funny all the time. And we talked to him about how he got started in this venture. A little bit of some serious topics, but we mostly kept it lighthearted. I think you guys will fully enjoy that. But before we get there, we're paying homage to a real-life and a fictional star. Pops has more on the Way Back segment this week. Thank you, Duve, and welcome, everybody, to today's Look Back at number 92 and another early NASCAR pioneer and Hall of Famer. 498 cup starts for the 92 and 43 wins. 200 of those starts and all but one of the wins came from Herb Thomas. Thomas achieved the majority of his success in the early 1950s, driving the fabulous Hudson Hornet. That should get the attention of the Cars movie enthusiasts among you. Kachiga? No, Mooms, no Kachiga today who may be surprised to learn that the fabulous Hudson Hornet really was an actual car. Thomas was one of a handful of drivers who dominated the early 1950s. He won the cup championship in 1951 and became the first driver to win the championship twice when he took the crown again in 1953. Thomas ended his career with 48 victories, which is impressive enough of its own right. But those wins came over only 228 starts. That's a 21% winning percentage, which ranks first among all drivers with at least 100 career starts, both then and to this day. That's getting it done, friends. Herb Thomas was deservedly inducted into NASCAR's Hall of Fame in 2013. That's all for today. Back to you, Duve. Thank you, Dad, and thank you, Mom, for that kachiga of sorts. Hudson Hornet, real thing. Bet you may not have known that. I actually thought it was fake up until like a certain point, and then I realized it wasn't, and I was mind-blown. My mind was absolutely blown. As I said, NASCAR Chasm's on the show today. Before we get to him, let's start off this show, as we always do, with a good, old-fashioned... He's the funniest guy out there in the NASCAR world. I'm not even going to say probably. I'm going to say he definitely is. Awesome guy away from the racetrack as he is at the racetrack. Professional internet ma'am, mean connoisseur, all around good, funny guy. Let's get to know NASCAR Chasm. You know, I've said on the past couple episodes, this man or this woman needs no introduction. And sometimes, you know, you say the man, the myth, the legend. But I think with this guest... It could not be more true because it is the man, the myth, the legend, NASCAR Chasm. And I'm glad that I pronounced that correctly after like five, six, seven years of trying to do it in my head. But I finally got it, Chasm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to pronounce it correctly. So kudos to you, man. Well, the best one was what NASCAR orgasm or NASCAR gasm? Yeah, that was that was Keselowski's first uh-huh. on-air attempt at uh, um, pronouncing it. You know, and at that point, I was like, "Well, do I change my name to that?" I feel you like know? at that but, point you uh, have to. Uh, I, I I was pretty close, but uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go into like you know, kind of sort of prurient OnlyFans territory that early. Yeah, that you were OnlyFans before OnlyFans. You were ahead of the curve. <laughs> what a what a, what an honor! Yes. <laughs> truly, truly. Have you bought any uh, GameStop stock this week? I have no idea what's going on, but I'm sure you're smarter than me, so you can maybe explain it. You know what? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I I don't know how any of that works. Like many on the internet, my uh, my knowledge of this entire situation is based on watching that movie, The Big Short. Uh huh. And you I know, didn't like, even understand I, that movie either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I'm I'm. I'm yeah, to say I'm not the smartest man in the world is uh, just such an understatement. But um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of sort of one of those situations where I'm always glad that I'm not smart enough to really understand what's going yeah. on, you know, because it's, uh, you know, to, to, I mean, I guess just to think that, you know, all of uh, Wall Street or, you know, head, these hedge fund managers, whatever, can <laughs> be uh, be taken down by some dude on Reddit. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? That's <laughs> like, the internet I wish for I in 2021, that. right? There you go. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonder. So, Chasm, I, I wrote under your little intro here, professional internet's man and meme connoisseur. Um, I, I think I wrote a similar thing when I had Steve Luvender on, but oh, yeah. uh, I, I was going to get to it later. But what is your official title? Like, do you still not really have an official title? Because I know your Twitter bio, you're a freelance urchin. But I think that we need yes. to sell yourself a little bit higher than that. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of sort of, I don't know. Hard to get a big head when you're one of these people from the internet, Davey. You know, it's just like you know, you never, uh, you know, your 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 self esteem never really just you know skyrockets. You're just like you know, this this whole thing happened by accident. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, if I were to have a business card, I don't know what the hell I'd put on it. Yeah, like what I do you really put know. on your resume? I have no idea. Yes, um, obnoxious something or other um <laughs> troll yeah i i don't really know it's 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 really kind of interesting but one thing i can promise you is it does make tax season all that more interesting for the accountant mm. yeah i can imagine I'm, I'm i'm still trying to figure out this year how to write off uh um cameos from mark mcgrath of sugar ray like <laughs> i i don't know how to really file those business but, expense uh, Let's say, yes, exactly. Cameos from, yeah, you know, like uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, Mick Foley, whatever. I'm like, you know, where do I put these? And, you know, all I know is the guy just charges me more when that happens. Out of all people, I think the IRS will be able to understand the uncertainty and unprecedentedness that was this past year. So I don't think you got anything to worry about there. <laughs> yeah, I, I sincerely hope so. I know they uh, <laughs> hope they got uh, bigger issues to worry about. Yeah. Well, Chasm, uh, I want to talk about how this entire venture kind of started for you. And I know that you were a graphic designer before in your past life, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So the skill set was there in terms of, you know, making things on the fly quickly, making them look really presentable type of thing. But I don't I know because I've listened to you on other podcasts and read articles about you and stuff like that. You know, when you started the Twitter account back in 2010, I think it was, this was never the goal. This was not even an idea. So how did something that was organic and fun turn into this? Yeah, that's the uh, that's the million dollar question. And to this day, <laughs> I've not really ever uh, sat down and kind of gone step by step for how did this happen, really? I think um, a lot of it stems from just 
I don't know, uh, kind of sort of joining, uh, quote unquote, NASCAR Twitter, like really early, you mm-hmm. know, like being kind of one of the uh, uh, first people on there. You're an early and, adopter. Um, yeah. And I, and I think at that point, you know, and, you know, we're talking way back in the days of, uh, you know, Keselowski posting pictures of infernos from his race car yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. You know, back then it was, uh, you know, blowing up and people were right. looking for people to follow. And uh, it just it's 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 very much a matter of luck. It's certainly not skill or talent, um, but it's uh, it's largely a matter of luck because, um, you know, like I said, if uh, people see, oh, wow, you know, Keselowski doing this thing with the Montoya fire. OK, I'm going to join. OK, I'm going to look for other people to follow on here. And, um, you know, if I was uh, lucky enough to be one of them, I think, you know, that that's kind of sort of how the whole thing started. And, um, you know, like. Like I've always said, if, if I were to start this account today, man, I'd have like eight followers, eight followers, probably all of whom are like name 10 number people. Probably. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm realistic about it. <laughs> 10 numbers is the key there because you can have, you know, Billy Joe five, six, seven, but you need Billy oh, yeah. Joe five, six, three, four, five, eight, two. That's the legitimate yes, exactly. Billy Joe right there. <laughs> Precisely, that's it. But um, but yeah, and then with the uh, like the, you know the graphic design work, I was working at uh, um, uh, newspapers back then, and um, so at you know at that point, you know we knew enough Photoshop just to be like a little dangerous, you know, and um, it, uh, it it kind of sort of worked to the advantage, I guess, you know, to be able yeah. to. Uh, it, and it does to this day where if something happens during the race and you're like, you know, oh, you know, oh, my God, I have like three minutes to put Bernie Sanders in Richard Petty's car. You know, <laughs> like you you can pull it off. You know, it's not uh, you're not like trying to futz around with layers or what tool to yeah. use. You know, it's yeah, um, yeah. It, it's 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 like a necessary skill. Just another day on the job, putting Bernie in the pace car or Richard Petty's car, whatever. That's that's what I do, man. It's like take a meme, beat it to death, ruin it and yep. move on. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you're really good at it. So congrats to you on that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yep. Beat well, him dead. I know that you're in Indianapolis currently and you grew up in Indiana, um, but mm-hmm. I heard on another show that you actually weren't a huge NASCAR fan specifically growing up. And you started watching actually about a decade before you started this journey as NASCAR chasm around like 2000 or so. And I think that you went to a race you felt like the mm-hmm. rubber get lodged in your arm hair and you were yeah, hooked from that point on. Yeah, that's a story. Um, it's kind of a long story, but you know, when you grew up, uh, you know, in Indiana, you're, um, as a kid, you're, you're primarily focused on the, uh, Indy 500, obviously. Right. Uh, I was never able to actually go to the race back then, but, um, you know, we'd, uh, like elementary school field trips would be going there for practice days. Uh, you know, my first, um, autograph was, you know, back then on pit road there, I, if I recall correctly, cause I was in third grade and I'm an old now, there was only like a chain link fence there. There wasn't like the huge massive ca- uh, catch fence there yeah. separating the pit road from the stands. Uh, first autograph was Tony Bettenhausen jr. Like our entire class just swarmed him and he <laughs> couldn't have been more gracious. But in terms of getting into NASCAR, it was actually kind of this lark where my wife was out in Las Vegas for her bachelorette party okay and just just so happens her brother was too with a few of his friends they were out there for the race at las vegas uh, on sunday uh everybody left my wife still had several hours she was taking a red eye and so her brother said hey we got an extra ticket why don't you come by and uh see the race so she went 
she was immediately hooked on it after that point. And so when she came home, she started watching it regularly. So, you know, I'm sitting in the same room she is. I'm like, okay, let's give this a try. I'll yeah. root for this uh, um, cantankerous fellow from Columbus, Indiana. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got a bad attitude. I, 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 I dig that. You can relate. And yeah, then, yeah, the first race was, I forget the year, but it was Michigan. Carl Edwards won it. And it was, you know, yeah, it's probably the same as many other people, you know, it's you watch it on TV and it's like, this is pretty interesting, but then you yep. go. And then at that point, the, uh, at the atmosphere and everything just kind of sort of grabs you. Yeah. And it just kind of spiraled from there. So let's go before actually, because people may not know that you have a journalism degree and mm -hmm. it's from IU. So you're basically yes. Bob Pockers and Dustin Long, just on steroids and way funnier. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Uh... <laughs> but, but people I don't really that know that, that about you, I feel, because people just see you as this, this funny guy who just makes all these jokes and memes, but you legitimately, I mean, you're going to say no, but you know what you're doing here. Like you have a journalism degree at from IU. You're saying no, but I, I think you do. Well, it it kind of helps. I'd say the, the part that, it helps with the most is respecting the media and the journalists. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm at a, if I'm at a track and you know, I'm in the media center, I try to stay out of the way as much as I possibly can. I don't want to be interrupting, you know, all these hardworking folks who have deadlines to meet, who have interviews to do, who have photos to take and all that. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're providing a valuable service. I'm, I'm really not. So, um, you know, so uh, yeah, I mean, to your point, with uh, with Pockris and you know Dustin Law, I mean they're tremendous, obviously tremendous at what they do, yeah. and uh, I I don't know if I am at what I do, but uh, <laughs> you know th th there's definitely kind of sort of a you know division between uh, that and them. But we did actually work both of us, I'm sorry, all three of us at the Indiana Daily Student, the student newspaper mm -hmm. there. Uh, it was a few years apart, but you know we're we're, we're all alumni That's there. Pretty cool. Uh, and I think I I don't know. I'm assuming they've probably asked Bob and Dustin to come back and you know talk to the kids <laughs> about a career in journalism. Guess who has not been asked to come back? Oh, I could never guess. Yeah, I can't say I blame them. <laughs> Yeah. That's really interesting, though. I mean, you can say you're in the same sentence as Bob and Dustin for something in the journalism world, so that's fun. Mm -hmm. Ab yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I might uh, I might put that in my Twitter bio. Come to think of it, Davey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, totally. You know, that, uh, that, get a lot of, uh, of eyeballs. Be like, wrote at the same paper as Bob and Dustin in a prior life. <laughs> exactly. I'll just uh, I'll just leech on. You know. Stolen glory. Any way you can. That That's how the world works these days. Damn right. So starting with this venture, um, I know that, you know, when Jeff Gluck was back at SB Nation, you did some work with him over there at that site, Mike Kalanoff with Popular Speed. That's kind of where your following started growing, not ballooning mm -hmm. at that point, but people started to know, you know, who you were and the work that you did. And people... Again, Twitter at that point was still in the NASCAR world kind of in its infancy. And NASCAR mm -hmm. was one of the early adopters in the sports world to Twitter and social media in general. And you were on that train as well. But mm -hmm. those years were kind of where you started honing your craft and, and growing your following to to the precursor to what it is now. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, definitely a bit by bit thing where, you know, like you started with uh, doing the popular speed thing. And then uh, with uh, Jeff Luck with SB Nation, obviously, mm -hmm. it was yeah, it, it, and at that point, I was like, if if this is all I ever do with it, then awesome. You know, it's uh, it's pretty worth it to be, you know, asked by these people to contribute and all that. Yeah. But then uh, after that, it was, 
actually uh, way back then it was uh, Caitlin Vinci, who's uh, now like rock star at Fox Sports. Yep. Uh, there was this little uh, comedy video they put out each week or so called the mock run for a few weeks and we worked together on that cool. so uh yeah there are these little you know steps that kind of uh, built up to being able to work for nascar digital media it's really surreal i still don't know how it happened yeah and one of the big steps came in 2012 we mentioned brad keselowski before you've obviously had some back and forth with him on social media and in person up until mm-hmm. this point but 2012, after he won the title, that was kind of the moment when he was going through the car wash at ESPN. He was on SportsCenter, and I think it was a fan question that somebody tweeted in on SportsCenter. Mm-hmm. And they said, who's yes. your favorite person to follow on Twitter? And that's when he called you NASCARgasm. And yes. uh, and it just kind of spiraled from there. And weren't you in a car wash when you found that out? That's that's the coincidence. Like, you know, you talk about you know, universal synergy, how things are meant to happen. He's going through a metaphorical car wash. I'm going through a literal car wash. <laughs> I love it. And uh, uh, Gluck texts me. He's like, dude, are you watching ESPN? And I'm like, no, I'm going through a car wash. And he sends me a uh, like a video of him saying that. Yeah. And, you know, th- th- at that point, I, you know, I open my phone and it's just like, follow, follow. I was like, oh, my God, people actually found it. Wow, this is really, really cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back then, that's when things like that would happen. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, people are looking for people to follow. And so if uh, Keselowski or somebody else would retweet you or quote tweet you or everything, you would get several new followers as a result. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, now that Twitter has been around for quite a while and uh, that doesn't really happen that much anymore. Yeah. Still, though, yeah. I mean, I imagine in that moment you're just like, oh, OK. So I knew that Brad knew who I was, but now he's yeah. broadcasting it to the masses in front of these millions of people. So now... Mm-hmm. You know, part of my French, but shit's about to get a little real here. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was kind of like, oh god, I actually have to be kind of, I have to try now. <laughs> oh boy, I have to put forth effort. Uh, this is not what I signed up for, but uh, yeah, I mean, what an honor when he's like getting, you know, mentioning you on ESPN oh, and yeah. everything like that. It was a uh, surprise, flattery, and again, like, oh god, I better, uh, I better put some effort into this now. Yeah, time to actually step up your game and try. Um, yeah, one of these days I'll get around to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not holding my breath, but it's all right. Yeah, I don't. don't. <laughs> so I think you compared, you know, interacting with the drivers and celebrities that you do on social media in its infancy, sure, because now, I mean, the novelty is worn off a little bit. I'm sure you still yeah. pinch yourself every now and then, but you, I think you compared it to kind of being the nerd at lunch and then the star quarterback comes over to you and asks yeah. him to sit at your table with you. That's kind of a yes. good comparison, I feel. Yo, yeah, that that that's really how it felt, um, you know, especially when I'd say the big one was when Dale Jr. joined. And, you know, at that point, everyone's like, OK, phone's out, you know, like and so we're all paying attention. And then when you uh, get if you get a notification like Dale Jr. followed you, you just I mean, like I said, you know, suddenly you got your your lunch tray and you're sitting right next to the, uh, you know, four year quarterback of the high school football team. And you're you're cool now. You know, it's um, it, it's just kind of sort of a interesting little uh, dynamic of, of how it works. It's kind of like this, you know, dorky, nerdy validation, yeah, as it were. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I still compare it to that this day, I guess, because yeah. you know, you're you, there's there's part of you that still feels like you know, there, there's there's no reason these people should be following or interacting with me, man. Right. You know, but uh, but when it does happen, it's still uh. Still fun, still a rush. Well, that's what I was going to say because it probably still doesn't feel that way all the time. But I imagine sometimes, you know, when you're just like, 
chilling on the couch and you get a retweet yeah. from Dale Jr. or, you know, so-and-so texts you or something, it's kind of like, all right, let me just sit back for a second and recognize <laughs> like where I was 10 years ago, the car yeah. wash and the car wash and how I uh -huh. am, where I am right now. It's kind of like, I'm sure at some points it's normal, but at some points you also kind of sit back and pinch yourself and say, how did I get here? How is this actually happening? How am I making a career out of this type of thing? Yeah. So I'm sure at some points you're like, well, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's still uh, it, it's still a big happy accident that happened, and uh, yeah, I mean, if it's a if it's just a tweet, if it's a uh, you know post of a link for something we did for NASCAR.com that gets uh, appreciated and so on, yeah, I, do, I mean, it's a it's exactly still the same, you know, because to maintain it, you gotta, I, I guess, continue to be you know part of this whole thing for everybody is continuing to somehow be noticed, yeah, and you know as the you know, Twitter got more and more saturated with, you know, more and more person, uh, uh, you know, fun, entertaining NASCAR and motorsports personalities mm -hmm. and everything like that. You know, you gotta be like, okay, well, what, what, what am I going to do now? And you so, uh, you know, to, to kind of sort of keep it going and yeah, when that happens, it's like, okay, good. You know, it's a, it's just a little bit of validation. So what you said there, it's like, you got to stand out in some way. I, I'm guilty of it, you know, still trying to make a name for myself in the sport, things like that. How do you do that? in the comedic aspect of things, because as you said, there's a ton of motorsports personalities out there on Twitter. I mean, you're P one at this point, obviously, but like <laughs> back when you were still growing your following a little bit and still trying to figure out, you know, like how this is going to happen, what your real voice was, you know, what you were going to do long-term with this. How did you constantly come up with different creative aspects of your content? Was it always a free flow of ideas? Did you bounce stuff off people? How did that work? Um, uh, to your point, uh, the free flow, that's really all it is. There's, uh, you know, the gears are, I would say the gears are constantly turning. They're not exactly turning out gold. <laughs> they really aren't, you know, but they're, they're constantly turning. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I wish the creative process was more, you know, like regimented or I had a better metaphor for how it works, you know, like a great artist and man, I don't, it's just, it's just a matter of like seeing something happen and, you know, thinking, oh, wait, I have an image in my iPhone that could like apply metaphorically to that. <laughs> Let's make it work and see how this happens. You know, it's it's literally as kind of sort of low grade yeah. as that. It's, uh, you know, th there's really nothing more. And, you know, with all the other uh, Twitter personalities out there, it's like, you know, it, it's people will always if they uh, if one of, you know, one of these other people NASFAX or whoever, my personal favorite, um, um, you know, put something out there or, you know, somebody else is like in someone will quote tweet it and be like, you know, hey, at NASCAR chasm, you got competition. And I'm like, it's not a competition. It's really not. Yeah. OK, there's a there's a lot of people out there and a hell of a lot of them are just a lot better than me. So, yeah. you know, it's like, like I said, not a competition. Let's just enjoy the whole thing. I know the story of when you met Will Power for the first time. And it clicked for him. That is, that's one of my favorite stories that I've ever. Yeah, heard. that's not. Uh, that, it, it's not PG. It's, it's fine. Not. We have a bleep button. Oh yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, oh my gosh, that was funny. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it was. To repeat this, I was out at uh, uh, Fontana for then. That's where the. Uh, and this is you know before I was working for uh, NASCAR right. or any NASCAR right. affiliated publication in any capacity. Uh, I was out there for uh, Fontana that back, back when their season finale was there. 
and uh, got to go to the race there. And this was the year, obviously, Will Power won the championship. Yeah. The next night, they had a banquet, I think, like at a theater in downtown L.A. and then an after party. And it was fun. And obviously, the the winning team kind of sort of has their own area in the club, you know, back behind the velvet rope. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine is like, hey, have you met Will Power yet? And I'm like, no, no, I really haven't. So he he takes me back the, behind the velvet rope. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's loud. There's music playing and everything. And, you know, I, I'd met Tony Kanan and Hinchcliffe at this point. They were, right. you know, both awesome people. And so we get back there and, uh, you know, guy says, you know, Will, this is uh, David right here. And I'm just like, oh, you know, all a pleasure to meet you, you know, you know, and everything like that. And then I see him like kind of sort of lean in and whisper something in his ear. And uh, Will's eyes, like, get, you know, the willpower, like wide as saucer eyes. He oh, gets, yeah. you know, he was, and he does that. He looks at me, he goes, get f***ed, really? It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, dude, sorry. Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, and I, it's, you know, when they find out who it is, I'm used to receiving profanity at this point, but not not in such a joyous Australian way. And um, the yeah, willpower he, he way. Been nicer, but yeah, I mean, like I said, for for Will, that's you know, I think that's that's how he says, "Pleasure to meet you," in in willpower. Yeah, pretty much, I really do. Yeah, that's got to be probably one of the best stories when a driver and it like clicked as to who you were. That's got to be at the top, right? Oh yeah. Big time, big time. You know, it's, you know, someone was like, Oh, that's you. Nice to meet you. Other of that, you know, I mean, to be honest, other people just don't care. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, you are after all a, a Twitter personality and uh, in, in, in the order of importance, which is not very high. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, fair, we're not, we're not, we're not, up, not, not up there on the hierarchy. So just, just imagine the willpower viral meme when he's, when he's flicking everybody off with the double bird, just imagine that without the double bird and his face, that's yes. probably what it looked like. Oh yeah, it was. It was. I guarantee you, I mean, it was so funny, and I love it. I love it to this day. It was almost as funny as when you tickled Carl Edwards's palm. God, you know, <laughs> here's here's the issue I have with that. Okay, okay. Uh, for for people, okay, for people who haven't heard the story, um, I I had met Carl. It was a weird meeting because we were at Michigan. Before it was at driver intros, we were kind of standing behind the stage and the last three guys to go up were Kozlowski, Truex, and Carl Edwards. They're mm-hmm. sitting behind the stage. They're waiting to be introduced. And I'm kind of standing there and I see Kozlowski looks up and I kind of wave at him and, he's, and he, oh, he waves back, acknowledges me. And I seen him, I see him like lean over to Truex and Carl and he mouths, that's NASCAR chasm right there. And Truex kind of gives the, you know, the nod of acknowledgement and i i just i and i wave back at him and i assume carl doesn't care because carl is a famous uh, social media avoider exactly you know it's like carl could could give a rat's ass really probably and like, so I'm like, i wave and i turn around and my wife's like turn around again i'm like what uh carl has walked over to introduce himself <laughs> to me and said oh i like your stuff on escrow.com and i was just like gobsmacked i'm like i thought you weren't on there carl yeah but, you know, could could not have been a nicer guy. And then uh, I wow, what track was it at? I, I forget what track it was, but um, uh, I, and maybe it was Michigan a few years later. But I, it's before the race, and Carl is walking to his car. I'm walking in the opposite direction, and I see him, and he waves. He's like, "Oh, hi, how you doing?" So we're you know we're in passing, mm-hmm. you know. And th- this is a. I think a, a social quandary that occurs lots and lots. It's not just uh, happened you know, to me before. Myself. Yeah. But 
I go for the handshake and he goes for the fist bump. And so when this happens, uh, you know, there are two options. One, you accept that you are just going to clasp this man's fist and walk on, you know, that. But what happened here is, or the other option is you try to correct and do what the other guy's doing. So I go to close my hand mm-hmm. to turn it into a fist to bump him. He opens his hand to go for a handshake. As our hands meet, I just lightly just kind of tickle his palm. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, that happened. That really happened. And so he's like, that was weird. And just walks off. And he retired then, Davey. After that, oh. he retired. And I thought, you know, it's like, oh, you know, there will be another situation where I see him and I can be just like, you know, Carl, hey, how you doing? Nope. Fist bump, buddy. I'm not weird. I'm, I promise. And I never got that chance. And so uh, – <clears throat> To this day, one of the things that uh, still bothers me is that Carl Edwards thinks I walk around uh, kind of sort of tickling people's palms. <laughs> I'll never get over that. I will forever be the palm tickler in Carl Edwards' mind. So I think we actually have some breaking news. You forced Carl Edwards' retirement. Yes, I did. I weirded him out enough that, yeah, it, it, and, and blame me. Blame me. It's, uh, you know, I, be, I, I, I can... I'm neurotic. I can do, you know, go from point A to point B. I can, you know, like blame myself for that easily. So, uh, so yeah. So luckily he didn't mention me in the uh, press conference yeah. he held at JGR. To but he knew. Retirement. But he knew. Everybody you knew. knew. Oh yeah. Everybody knew. It was, uh, you know, there was, it, it was in his pauses that you could tell mm-hmm. it was him. Yeah. So we can blame the the ascension of Daniel Suarez a little too soon, the furniture row racing ultimate demise. We can blame it on your palm tickle. Yeah, so exactly. It's it's like the butterfly effect. It's the palm yeah. tickle effect. It's the domino effect that sets off a series of events. You know, um, you know. And had I just gone to quickly made a fist, everything would be fine. So uh, yes, I am responsible. I am solely responsible for the retirement of Carl Edwards. I apologize to his fans. Uh, hate it. Hate it for my guys. Hate it. Um, yeah. So it's like the six degrees of the palm tickle. <laughs> yes, exactly. We, Had I not done that, all these other things would not have gone wrong. We need so. to like uh, we need NASCAR Reddit to pick this up and uh, and do a deep dive on why Carl Edwards really retired. Yep, yep. It was me. It was all me. You know. <laughs> so and that's weird because like you know you, usually I just make people unfollow. I uh-huh. don't make people retire. That's, that's impressive. Uh, that, 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 yeah, no, that was a that was a jump I was not ready to do. Yeah, geez. Well, you've mentioned your wife a couple times, and I guess she mm-hmm. kind of, by association, kind of got you into NASCAR. Um, yeah. she's a saint for dealing with you. First of all, you knew that. I didn't need to tell you that. Oh, but, you have no idea. <laughs> does she you ever no like? Idea. Does she ever actually aid in your like creative process? I know your dogs do because I've seen you do oh, some yeah. content with your dogs. But does your wife oh, sure. ever chime in? And is like this is really dumb, or like this reminds me of that. Oh, um, she, she is actually thrown out quick. I've used her material before, Davey. She's, uh, <laughs> she's really, really clever. And, Good. uh, way, I, well, I mean, she is so infinitely smarter than me that I'm, I have to, but I, I figure like, <laughs> you know, that, uh, you know, by marriage, all of her material is my material, which Fair. yours is mine, what's mine is yours. Right. And, um, but, you know, and, and then there are other times where if I, you know, post something particularly terrible, I'll be like, hey, hon, check out Twitter. And then she'll check it and like, just give me the look, you know, the, <laughs> just that the look of disappointment or just get up and leave or, you know, it's, uh, mm. you know, it, that, 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 she's a, she's a wonderful, 
uh, a wonderful individual, love her dearly, and she's a great barometer for material. Every significant other has the look, and I'm sure that you oh, get you the look whenever you tweet anything, probably. Yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I stumbled upon your 2020 season recap in song, and I have oh, to really? say it's one of the best things that I've seen in a long time, and it's still stuck in my head now. I watched it yesterday while I was prepping for it. It's oh, just geez. really, really damn good. And the, the <laughs> image of Brad Kozlowski slapping the ambulance, that's just ingrained right here for the rest of the time. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah, it, it's, you know, one of the aspects of this, again, undefined job is I'm going to do this. It's probably going to take two or three days to assemble this ridiculously stupid thing. Uh-huh. But I, I guess that's part of the job. I guess that's what we're doing. So, um, you know, and I had discussed with, uh, you know – my uh, um, editor and uh, uh, Steve Lavender, you know, we're on a, a Slack channel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, I was discussing, like, would you use We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel or <laughs> Summer Girls by LFO? The big question. And uh, there was a discussion. They're like, I think I think Summer Girls, you know, a little more recent. And mm -hmm. I was like, yes, OK, that's what we'll do. That's absolutely what we'll do. And we determined that because it could just be free association, nothing, you know, whereas We Didn't Start the Fire has to be chronological. Right, right. So, uh, so yeah. And then, um, you know, like, and, and next thing I know, I'm like writing verses. I'm in garage band for this completely stupid thing, <laughs> but is what it is, man. So that specific, like, uh, I guess you could say project. I I'm honestly pretty curious about it. Like how long does something like that take you in terms of the pre-production, writing out the lyrics, recording the lyrics, not even a joke. Your, your voice is pretty good. Not lying about that. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Auto tune. And then the editing, like how, how long does all of that take you? That whole thing took about, uh, this is really embarrassing, but you know, at, at that time of the year, uh, during the off season, yeah. the, uh, the workload kind of slows down a little uh -huh. bit during the regular season. We are, you know, very much churning out current stuff based on race happenings and results. At that point, we can pick a project that takes a little bit longer. That took, uh, and I'm embarrassed to say probably about three days. It was going through and like writing down every big thing that happened in 2020. Uh, and then there was writing, writing, like, you know, rhyming everything, which is yeah. really hard. And then, uh, then we had to like, you know, collect all the images. And then I had to learn how to use GarageBand to, uh, put, put that all together. It was, it, yeah, it was. Yeah. And at the end of this one, I, you know, it's finally done and I send it off. It's just like, I, really can't believe I spent 72 hours on that. I spent an entire Texas rain delay putting this stupid shit together. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, it, like I said, a lot of times if I send something on, it's, uh, there's like, it's like 5% pride, 95% shame. Like it, it, that's kind of the balance, <laughs> the, the emotion when something is sent along. It's a good ratio. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. I would say though, three days, I thought it was going to take you way longer. Well, I mean, for me, it would take longer. Three days, I feel like in the grand scheme, that's really quick. Quick turnaround. Time. Yeah, it, it, it all depends on what it is. You know, like there was another one we did a while back, which was a country song, the lyrics of which were composed entirely from Clint Boyer's yep, tweet. I listened to that one, too. That just took a day uh, because <laughs> I and and I don't know why that just took a day. I, I think like his it just set up way, so way much easier. content. Yeah, it really, really was, you know, and um, yeah, so, like I said, you know, sometimes and you know, you know how this is in, uh, in broadcast and journalism and everything like that, you know, it, it, it starts with the idea, uh, 
but maybe you're not exactly uh, fathoming or factoring in how long will this idea take? What kind of lift will it be? You know, and you kind of sort of throw it out there and editors like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And then you're like, okay, cool. I'm getting started on it. And then you look and you're like, this is going to take me two weeks, you know? So, so yeah, so it's, uh, I'm glad it worked out how it did. You know, I'm going to submit that for Emmy, Emmy consideration. You should. It's um, basically, if I might go on a uh, slight tangent here, you know, what it all points to is the fact, kind of the realization I had this year when, you know, Taylor Swift put out how many albums, like in the past two years, I forget what it is. Three three or four. four. Yeah. Just an amazing amount of work she's putting out. And NASCAR drivers have not put out an album for a year. You know, mm-hmm. that stock car racing, you know, those entertainers of the year with mm-hmm. crazy racing man and T-bone and all that. I do. They really need to get on that. Like we are seriously missing out. I, I would really that. like, yeah, I would really like to see the follow-up album. So uh, any, you know, any drivers listening to this, get in the recording studio. Well, Kyle man. Petty's coming out with an album, but he's retired. We need current drivers singing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and he's, I mean, he's talented. He's a right. great guitar player and a great vocalist and a great songwriter. You know, I want, you know, the equivalent of, uh, um, you know, hard charger and, uh, um, what the Iceman's hot, you know, which are just, Oh, thank God. Those were on YouTube. You know, <laughs> I, that, that's what I want. You know, the, uh, you know, good, good, good old fashioned Americana music yeah. like that. No, but, it's uh, true. Yeah. It was a good tangent. And we need tangents, tangents like this. Mm-hmm. So that song that you wrote with Clint's tweets, um, I think at the beginning of the video, there was a a slide or maybe you said something like, you'd be surprised how long it took to write this, but it only took you a day because Clint's tweets are gold. Yes, all of them, all of them. You know, I don't don't have notifications turned on from many people, but uh, Clint is definitely one of them, especially (laughs) when, um, uh, when the Chiefs are playing. Like, oh man, it's like, I I, got to know what's happening happening here this is this is going to be gold man this is absolutely going to be gold yeah um and i'm i'm thrilled that he's going to be in the booth i think i've said all along i think clint is america's fun uncle i yeah. think you know it's just like clint here awesome you know that's how i've always uh uh, uh you know felt about the guy the guy's just I a can blast yeah so speaking of clint when i say the following muhaha jj jung h-u-t-t-i-t no into to it h-t-u for him ha go on go on go on what comes to mind Boy, uh, that would be my favorite Clint Boyer tweet ever, man. I think it's your yeah, favorite really, tweet ever. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Too. I mean, it's it's just amazing. And what's great about it is he left it up. Most people take him down. He's like, nah, I know. I'm leaving it up. Pride. That was fantastic. That was really fantastic. You know, it's, um, you know, who knows what it is? Maybe, you know, someday if we get the, you know, find the Rosetta Stone and we can translate that, who knows what it'll say. <laughs> <laughs> never know right it's such a good oh, tweet never. too i th- oh it's fantastic i, I might to, put it on a t-shirt that's what i was gonna say we need to put it on some merch i need to get it framed put it in my room or something and then we need to put it on a t-shirt or a sweatshirt and just start selling these bad boys they they would oh, sell absolutely. like hotcakes absolutely man absolutely it's a missed opportunity we need to hop onto that so uh i see you looking to your left a little bit and i want to talk about your dogs because i i those might oh, be that's what, what i was looking, looking at. at yeah okay good so when you interviewed Jimmy Johnson's dog, Charlie Meatball. Yes. Oh, yeah. What's, what sparked that idea? <laughs> um, it, it's just kind of, uh, it was based on, like, way, way earlier when I first started working with uh, NASCAR, NASCAR Digital Media, one mm-hmm. of the things we did was uh, we started a blog for Gus, uh, Dale, and Amy's big Irish yep. um, 
cetera, I believe. And yeah, people seem to enjoy it. And so I was just thinking, yeah, let's, what is an, what is an unlikely interview? And uh, <laughs> let's pick Charlie Meatball, the new uh, rock star of the motor coach. You lot. made it look pretty realistic with his mouth moving and everything. You know, it's, th- there's an app that does that. You know, it's literally an app where you uh, just, you know, record the dialogue and it makes the mouth move. It's it's amazing what you can find on the uh, Apple App Truly. Store. And uh, and Jimmy loved it. So it's uh, it's fantastic. Speaking of Jimmy, um, I think the fact that you got him to wear the romp him that I loved, uh, that oh, yeah. might be the biggest flex of 2020. So I'm going to officially give that title to you. I appreciate that, man. You know, it's, You're welcome. you know, the kind of sort of the uh, the emotional satisfaction of seeing something you created come full circle. Mm-hmm. That That's how it felt. You know, I, I can remember the day it arrived, you know, still smelling fresh from the ink. <laughs> and uh, I put it on there and uh, took it down to uh, Homestead, Miami and, and, and everything. And uh, then when we found out he was retiring, I was like, well, you know, it's it's very important to me that this get in the hands of its proper owner. You know, Absolutely. like the one ring and you know, like the one ring in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, it's like this has to reach its proper, you know, it's only right should possess it. Yeah. And I, I take my role as official clothier of uh, NASCAR drivers seriously. You know, I've got the the Pern Star shirt for Cole Pern. Yep. Um, Steve Lavender and myself, we sent Dale Jr. that uh, then Washington Redskins jacket you know, for his retirement. And so here mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what better way to, uh, uh, you know, cap off this giant retirement gift for Jimmy Johnson than to include the, uh, the romper and it fit perfectly. It's it like does. it was meant to be. It really, I, you know, and, you know, far be it for me to tell him what to do or where, but if he ever wants to like bike with that on, he could, he totally could. He totally should. I'd agree with that. I mean, they yeah, probably have the same yeah. effect as spandex. So exactly exactly you know and it's uh, it's form fitting uh it looks good uh you know it's fashionable yet functional why not the goat gift for the goat that worked out pretty well darn right yes. i asked steve this but do you also have like folders and folders spreadsheets on spreadsheets of memes video clips audio clips things like that do you have those like readily available screenshots of radioactive stuff i feel like you have yeah. to um, I do have, I have a few on my phone, but honestly, uh, Steve and I, and this is why Steve is such a uh, magnificent individual and a total saint. Like we share, like he shared a Dropbox folder with me and yeah. he, I mean, it is it, like with librarian skill, he's got everything organized. Yeah. He, he knows to capture something that he sees that's like, you know, meme worthy or noteworthy and he puts it in there. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like, I said, you know, one of the several amazing aspects of uh steve lavender you know let you know let alone his uh yeah he's hilarious his uh vast programming knowledge he's a brilliant dude and he just keeps these things yeah um organized to a t and uh yeah i'm just leeching off him when it comes to that so yeah it's it's insane though i i believe you when you say it's like librarian level organization times a thousand because there's some there's literally endless memes endless audio clips endless screenshots yeah. that he just has at yep. the drop of a hat now and and uh you know one of the many ways he's better uh than myself is he i think remembers these like you know not only you know does he have them all organized but he remembers what's yeah. in there i'm not good at that you know and so it, that's why if uh you know somebody tweets something and there's a you know, appropriate response from Eric Jones that Eric tweeted in 2014. Suddenly Steve has it there within 30 seconds. And I'm just like, how do you do that, man? Yeah. Yeah. 
One of the most memeable things that I think you and Steve have, but I think you like a little bit more, is the Casey Kane V-neck one. With, and I think the hat being tilted a little bit to the side, I think that really makes it what it is mm-hmm. because there's endless possibilities with the V. But then yeah. when you see the hat, it makes it that much better. Yes, it really, really does. That was I, and I, I forget who initially posted that. I might have been a, a Lisa, Lisa Backer at the time, but uh, I grabbed that and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be. I am going to beat this to death. Yeah, uh, I am absolutely going to. I'm going to beat this photo into smithereens, and I'm going to collect the smithereens, and then I'm going to beat those smithereens into smaller smithereens. <laughs> and you that did. That's what I'm going to do. And oh, I ain't done yet. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you think it's far like, from you know, done. Oh, you're retiring, Casey. You think it's over? It ain't over. Mm-mm. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to. Yeah, it, it's going to keep going, buddy. Good. I'm. I'm glad about yeah. that. What was up with um your fake feud with Jamie McMurray? I think I may have missed that whole thing. Can you give me the cliff notes on that? Oh, that that was just a, a fun little deal where, um, when uh he won the Rolex Twenty Four, uh, after uh that, whenever he'd get on Twitter, he would post things like you know. A great day at Daytona, uh, practice in two hours, blah, blah, blah. And everything he posted had something to do with time. And I was just like, Jamie, we get it. You have a Rolex, <laughs> dude. We we understand, you know, quit, quit kind of sort of doing this subtle, humble brag. Yeah. And um, and, and so then then he responded but by just and I forget what he said exactly. But uh, but when he did, I sent a DM. I was like, dude, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. And uh, it just kind of sort of set off this uh, silly little faux feud. It was uh, and, and to reiterate, it is completely faux. Yes. yes. Yeah. Completely faux. He's uh, he's. He's fun and uh, really, really good at NASCAR on Fox. So, yeah. Has a drive, this is like kind of a serious question, but has a driver or team or anything like that, has anybody ever actually gotten legitimately mad at you for anything that you've done before or like a team? Because I know that that's actually like a point of pride when you started the Twitter account and this whole venture, you know, you didn't want to really ruffle any feathers. You wanted to Mm -hmm. remain neutral, remain fair and just be an yeah. outlet for humor. And that's what you've done. So, but has it ever like translated into something negative? Uh, yeah. From time to time. Uh, I, I obviously can't tell you what it was, yeah. but you know, when, uh, if you get the DM or a notice, like, you know, Hey, you know, Hey, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. This is why we didn't appreciate that. You know, I, I'm, you know, it's not a point of pride to be, to make people mad. It's yeah. really not. It's uh, to me, it's a screw up. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's an immediate apology. I take it down. And, you know, part of, I guess, part of finding out where the line is, is occasionally crossing it. So you don't go back over sure. again. And uh, I, I'd say the, the most difficult part about it is that, you know, what something that would upset this driver or this team, this other team or driver laughs at, you know, it, it, it's, and it's, uh, and, you know, I, I know you probably know this uh, from journalism, you know, every team, every driver, you know, kind of has different sensibilities and yeah. so on. So it's a, it's kind of a matter of, you know, remembering, you know, who is what in right. that matter. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good, uh, that's a good point as well, because like you said, the last thing that you want is for somebody to be hurt, offended, whatever, because that's the last yeah. thing that you're trying to do. You're just trying to bring humor to, to the NASCAR Twitterverse. And yes, exactly. You know, the, yeah, the last thing exactly. you want to do is ruffle any feathers. So I, I feel, oh, yeah, like I mean, that. what was the point of that? If you know, you were, uh, you're hoping to like interact and maintain a relationship with you know, these drivers in a joking manner. I mean, yeah. you know, d- don't go after it. And like I said, I've, I've screwed up royally, especially early on, you know, it was, um, and uh, but every time it happens, it's you know it's a lump in the throat and guilt. It's not you know ha ha. Well you know you 
you sensitive little soul. No, that yeah, that's not what it's like. <laughs> you sensitive little soul. Um, yeah. What was the thought process behind having Bobby Labonte do a cameo with a sombrero? I'm very curious. I don't know. It was what's fun is um, like what I try to do is uh, with the cameos is if somebody's doing something for charity, it's like you know those are the ones you want to pick, you know, because it's a donation and a chance to have them do fun and. Uh, Labani was doing cameos and I forget what the charity was, but, you know, rather than saying, doing a greeting, rather than doing a say hello to my fan, you know, or something like that, I was right. like, let's see if we'll do something absolutely ridiculous. Cause I know, I know the guy's got a great sense of humor. And so I was like, uh, could you do this please? And lo and behold, three days later, there it is. And I'm just like, I can't believe this happened. Wow. wow. <laughs> um, I posted it and, um, uh, it got taken down by Twitter because of DMCA. It got DMCA really? so it got taken down, which which is a big shame. But oh, uh, yeah, he uh, he played along. That's he unfortunate. Al- but good for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I know you talked in another episode about Murphy's Law, kind of like when you spend so much time on a project and you're like, "This is hilarious. This is great. This is going to get so many clicks. It's going to do so well." and it flops and then like you said you take three minutes of photoshopping bernie sanders into richard petty's car that takes no real thought no real effort and it's like the biggest thing that you've ever done it never fails like that right yeah that's correct it's i you know 10 years into this still don't know the magic formula and i don't think i ever will and you know the magic there is formula one is uh, it's always changing you know yeah. the uh, what was you know funnier in 10 years ago when this started sure as hell isn't funny now so it's uh it's this constant moving target of trying to figure out what it is you know and um yeah you can be like uh you know spend 30 minutes crafting a tweet that you think is complete prose yeah no one cares. Nope. But then, yeah, you're like, oh, Bernie Sanders in a uh, in Richard Brady's car to the moon. You to know, the like, moon. You know, like, uh, like like GameStop stock, just, just exactly to the moon. Then. Yeah. Stonks. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, and again, it's uh, you know, I've often said uh, this. The whole process is literally throwing stuff against a wall, seeing what sticks. You know, one thing will stick. 20, th- 20 things will fall right off. Yeah. It's you know, that's just the nature of it. Do you have like a bunch of tweets in your drafts that you just can't send or like haven't sent or, or is it more so like it just comes to you in the moment and you don't really have anything planned? It, it's more the latter, you know, like the, you know, the things in the drafts that didn't get sent are, uh, you know, either things that didn't get sent because my, uh, uh, I was in somewhere with bad Wi-Fi, oh, gotcha. or just like, you know, just things that, you know, going back to the point about stuff being over the line, I would be kind of yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know about that. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's mainly stuff like that, but yeah, there, there's no like, you know, uh, literary works of, uh, art that are in my drafts <laughs> folder, I promise. All right, a couple quick hitters before we get to a, a couple more to, to end this thing. I thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome. Oh, it's no problem. No problem at all. The most memeable driver. Who is it? The most memeable driver, I think. Oh, God, we did something on this, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, it's either Kyle Bush or Alex Bowman, I think. Okay. Uh, Alex Bowman tends to have like just these really good uh, kind of sort of uh, you know, reaction, facial expressions yeah. and so on. You know, there, there's a, there's this very, you know, one of my, my most frequently uh, used ones is there's one of him where he's kind of like just staring at his phone and looking up, you know, which is a, uh, which is good to use yeah. when you see it, you know, you, a tweet that's like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And, um, and all that. But I, I, I would definitely say Alex Bowman. Okay. I would think in Clint Boyer, cause yeah. he obviously does a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but Bowman, I can see as well. Cause he's just, he's just always doing something. 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's always in the reactions, you know, yeah. it's uh, if it's, you know, getting his car stuck after a win, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, or, or something like that. He's just uh, it, it, for some reason he just works. Or getting that. a tattoo of his number, like you mentioned in the song recap of the year. What is um? What's the craziest thing that you personally have put out either on your Twitter account or a project that you've done that's been on NASCAR.com? Craziest thing. Craziest thing. Wow. That can mean whatever um, you want it to mean. Uh, I'd say the most recent thing that comes to mind is uh, you know, it's. Yeah, I go back to the Murphy's Law thing where, you know, the thing that you didn't spend a lot of time on uh, gets, you know, all the views, the thing you did doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one, the one time Murphy's Law reversed itself or didn't apply was around the time when Hamilton uh, came on to Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, you know, had this idea for what if we did Hamilton the musical? Yep. And uh, I, I sat down and uh, wrote a bunch of rap verses, you know, uh, about, you know, if, if, there was Hamlin the musical and uh Denny saw it retweeted it he was like oh my gosh this is funny you know and I was just like I you know I didn't really know if this would work exactly yeah. you know I don't know uh you know how many of my followers are musical theater buffs but <laughs> it, it it just it just hit and I was just like this is this was kind of an out there idea that uh, really seemed to land well so I was I, I would say that would be the most recent cool. one all right cool most surprising person that has interacted with your work that can be a simple hey this is really funny a like retweet whatever it, it can be somebody from nascar it could be somebody that's completely out of left field the most surprising person that's interacted with your work uh i'd say most recently it would be uh danica mckeller of wonder years oh you don't know uh don't you know. know the wonder years i've heard of it yeah Oh boy, here comes the age gap. Oh boy. Oh man. Sorry to age you. Okay. All right. Let, let me see if I can find something else. Let me see if I can pick another one. Um, you can still explain see. it because I'm sure a bunch of listeners know what I'm what you're talking about, and they're saying that uh, I'm dumb. Okay. Um, so she played Winnie Cooper on The Wonder Years, uh, which uh, again is well before your time and something people like myself who are 75 years of age used to enjoy <laughs> back on the oh, uh, you know the uh, the tube. The tube TV, <laughs> and uh, she uh, right now she does a lot of the Hallmark movies. I don't know if you do you watch. Oh Hallmark yes, my parents love them and I hate them. Yes, exactly. So she's uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, here's here's a deal. Uh, be, because I'm uh, feeling basically uh, older than um, dirt right now. <laughs> I'm gonna put a uh, I'm gonna put a image up on the screen. Okay, and I'm gonna see if you recognize her or not. Please, this do. is. Uh, this is Danica McKellar. Do you recognize her? Yes. Okay. Thank God. But thank only God. from like the Hallmark movies and not from. Yes, exactly. Because, um, well, anyway, uh, we did a project of, uh, you know, let's do, let, let's pitch some NASCAR themed Hallmark movies. And, uh, you know, yeah, I put yeah. it out there on Twitter and she actually, and she was like, oh, I love the idea, especially having, you know, a name like Danica. Um, <laughs> I was just like, you know, I fanboyed a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That's fair. There's some definite fanboying. And then, Sometimes, like someone, you, you get just this random follow that you did not expect whatsoever. I'd mm-hmm. say the most, the most recent one was uh, Kevin Nash, the wrestler. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know who he is, right? I do. Yes. Thank God. Okay, because <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, you know, I, 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 I it, it's the age gap, Davy. You know, I know it's, I'm uh, sorry. It's the way it works, but um, but he um. 
he followed randomly and I'm like, oh my gosh, Diesel, big sexy Kevin Nash. That's pretty awesome. I have no idea why you're here, but I'm honored. You know, it's uh oh, so uh, I yes, exactly. So I'm like, okay, watch yourself. Don't make Kevin Nash mad. <laughs> yeah, can't do that. It was weird yeah. to, too, because like um at Talladega when uh everybody was pushing the car to the front of the grid, Bubba's car. Um, I had a tweet that blew up a little bit. Dale Jr. retweeted it, but the one person that I was like, what? Ken Jong retweeted it really? and favorited it. And I was like, what? And then whenever I watched The Masked Singer, uh, my girlfriend would always be like, remember when he retweeted you? I was like, yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's that's uh, that's the weird nature of Twitter, man. It is. It's, uh, yeah, yet you never know what's going to happen. So I remember a few years back, I don't remember the exact year, but at Texas Motor Speedway, you and a bunch of other inanimate objects on Twitter, some fun personalities, they had something called the Sideshow. Um, yes. How fun was that? Because I remember hearing about it and, and watching and listening to it a little bit, and I guess it went away eventually, but I feel like that was a yeah. really fun event and time for you guys. Yeah, that was uh, kind of sort of, I think, one of the first big kind of sort of deals for all of us, really. It was uh, myself, the Orange Cone, Mini Chad and NASCAR Wonka. And I believe, mm -hmm. you know, Mini Chad and NASCAR Wonka have kind of, yeah. you know, uh, moved on to other things. I think that's fine. But, the, you know, they had the four of us in uh, one of the suites at uh, Texas Motor Speedway. They all gave us microphones. And if you were at the Speedway and you turn into such and such a frequency on your scanner, right. uh, you got to hear us basically BSing back and forth the entire race mm -hmm. and um yeah it was it was kind of like one of these surreal things it was uh you know so fun to do with those guys and you were kind of like yeah there's a shelf life on this thing because we're having too much fun and no one's gonna want yeah you know? it's like you know uh you know i i don't i don't know if we're gonna be able to make this last necessarily but uh yeah it, it was fun for quite some time you know and, and uh, especially during the first one you know we had um uh, you know, Eddie Gossage came in and visited, uh, Rutledge and Kyle came in, uh, Rutledge Wood and Kyle Petty came in mm -hmm. and, uh, visited and did a bit. It was, uh, you know, they brought in all the samples of the, uh, vast, bizarre culinary offerings that Texas Motor Speedway has, such mm -hmm. as the beer, bacon, milkshake, the bacon, cotton candy, the donut sliced in half with barbecue sauce and cheese on it. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, they brought it all in. It was. Uh, I know. I, I can see that you're kind of sort of, you know, imagining like how great those would I be. I kind of just were, want them all now. Yeah, they were really good. They were shockingly good. Yeah. And um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I think that was kind of sort of one of the big, one of the most like biggest official kind of sort of feeling. Okay, right. wow, this is you know this is real now. Yeah. So, yep, it was a lot of fun seeing the uh, seeing that. You know, we had like there was there was signage up at the track that's you know mm -hmm. tuned into the sideshow there was an ad in the program and yeah yeah you know again one of those uh, really surreal moments so i got i got a few more questions for you and um sure. we've been very funny we've been we've been having a good time i want to get a little bit deeper here um, oh boy are you like are you cool if this is what you do for the rest of your professional life like are, are you at peace with that do you want to do anything else i i don't know the answer to that i'm sure a lot of people are thinking like oh maybe he has other aspirations i personally don't know like wh where's your headspace at with that are you cool if this is what you do yeah i, I mean i would love to do it it's you know i love motorsports as well it's it's fun working at it yeah. and you know it's you know i never expected any of this so you know i'd kind of be foolish to not you know, basically, uh, uh, t take a ride it as far as it can go, yeah. you know, so long as people will have me, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. So, uh, so I would love to, and that's, uh, you know, of course that's not up to me, obviously, but 
Um, you know, if it happens, I would uh, definitely love to do that. I've, I've not really thought about uh, other aspirations necessarily. Um, you know, I've, uh, you know, kind of sort of basically tried to concentrate entirely on this. And, you know, there's other like little different projects I've gotten to work on, you know, because of the, uh, the work with NASCAR Digital Media, for mm -hmm. example, the, uh, the NASCAR Banquet. Uh, when that comes around, you know, there's, uh, you know, they have to write for, they have to write the banquet. We, uh, they, have, they write, you know, little uh, pre-tape comedy right. bits with the drivers. And uh, they brought me in to write those. So I've oh, gotten cool. to uh, kind of sort of work on stuff like that, which is, you know, really, really fun to do also. So, uh, you know, if, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever's asked, man. I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> like I said, uh, happy to help again. I never expected this to be anything to begin with. So, uh, you know, why not, you know, see how long we can go. Yeah, no, I, I was curious about that, though, because, you know, a lot of people, they always try to climb to the top of the mountaintop and they're a certain profession. But with you, there's yeah. not really a playbook or a textbook to go off mm -hmm. of because you've kind of been blazing yeah. your own path for <laughs> I don't even know what your title is. You know what I mean? So I was yeah, just exactly. Again, I, and it's uh yeah, like, you know, career path, there's no like, you know, if you're a, if you're an Internet troll, like you said, you know, you don't, uh, you know, start here, work your way up to middle management, and then you <laughs> the corner office. Right. You know, I, I, I don't know necessarily what you do. Exactly. So, uh, but, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, so we'll write it out, you know, and it, it, it would be weird if I was a professional Internet troll, but like, you know, I really, really wanted to work in finance, you know, I mean, that, yeah. that would be weird. It wouldn't I, work I, as well. Know, it's like, I don't. Yeah. So I know Nate uh, on that NASCAR and NBC podcast, he brought up your personal life on Twitter a little bit. And mm -hmm. he talked about when you were openly talking about your mother. Uh, and I know mm -hmm. your grandmother recently passed away. So condolences on that as uh, as well. Oh, thank you. Do you feel that it's a little bit important to show people that are following you because you have almost 200,000 followers like that? That's a big deal. But do you feel that's important to show them that you are like a legitimate person. And I know that sounds very cliche, but a lot yeah. of times I think a lot of people, like I, I've had the, the pleasure of meeting you and interacting with you and developing a friendship with you, but a lot of people have not had that and they just see you as this Twitter account and this internet troll kind of thing. Do you mm -hmm. feel that it's important for people to see that you are a person and you know you do have feelings and have a family and have a life outside of just making memes about drivers on Twitter all day, or is it more so just I want to share this? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's relatively important. You know, part of the thing, you know, I, I guess realization I had is uh, uh, kind of sort of the the follower uh, count ticked up, which I was not expecting. Was you know if you do have people, uh, this amount of people listening to you or, you know, following what you say, you know, do a, do some good with it. You know, if, uh, if a, if a driver is, uh, you know, having some sort of a, you know, big thing where they're donating to a charity or some charitable cause, you know, put that out there, donate to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, uh, like I said, the one, the, the thing with my mom, it just, uh, it just really hit home because, you know, like, I think I, uh, I, said on Nate's podcast, you know, it was very, it was very sudden. It was like within three days and, uh, you know, we had lost her and it was, you know, when it happened, the reason, uh, why it happened, we, you know, we still don't exactly know the cause, but she had, uh, not gone to the doctor since I had been born like that, that was the cause. And so, uh, you know, and so the, and it was kind of sort of this, you know, very unfortunate thing where we try to get her to go and she never would. And then when uh, she you know, got, when she went to the hospital, 
you know, I, and the doctor came in and tried to talk to her and she was kind of sort of, you know, giving half answers about, you know, uh, you know, do you smoke? Not much. I was like, yeah, you do, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I, I had to do that thing that you have to do where you wait outside the room and you wait for the doctor to leave and you pull him aside and you're like, this is the truth. Like, you know, it's been 30 some odd years since she's been to the doctor. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you have, you have no medical history to work on. You have, you know, nothing uh, from the past to like, you know, kind of sort of guide you in the right mm-hmm. direction with what's wrong. And um, so, uh, so when it happened, you know, it's, it's, it, I think it's a, it's a cathartic thing that a lot of people, uh, you know, do it's, you know, it's one of the times where uh, uh, social media can be good is, you know, if, you know, they lose somebody, if a, if a pet passes away or whatever, you know, they can put it out and other people can share their, you know, stories or their condolences, right. you know, it's one of the times it's good. And so with that, I was like, you know, gosh, you know, I, I wonder how many other people, kind of have parents who are in the same boat where, you know, they just don't go to the doctor. They, they kind of sort of pass their fear off as mistrust of doctors. Oh, they just want your money. They don't know what you're talking about, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a a lot of people respond like, you know, my mom is the same way. Uh, My dad is the exact same way. Uh, You know, I had a few people, which was, uh, this was a big bright spot and kind of a dark week, but they said, you know, I read this and I scheduled my first physical in 15 years. So, uh, you know, so there was a little bit of, you know, helping out there. And so that, you know, really helped a kind of a a dismal week. Just, just get a little bit better. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Oh, no problem. No problem. So again, not to get too deep here, but, uh, and I know you're going to just like, throw it off like it's nothing but do you like you need to recognize please recognize you ha- you actually have a gift you do mm-hmm. because not not many people can make other people laugh 24 7 365 with anything and everything uh and i need you to understand that and i need you to tell me that you understand that because i know you're very humble and you just throw everything off like ah, eh, it's nothing it's fine but you do really have a gift because Everybody can make people laugh, but not everybody can do it at the drop of a hat and as easy and as well as you do. So you need to realize I that. I, I appreciate the hell out of it. You know, it's, uh, you know, like to your point, it, it comes across, you know, it's uh, I, I've never necessarily been a shining monument to self-esteem, really. You know, and it, it's I can never shake the fact that it's like, you know, you didn't, you know, it. it to kind of sort of draw a parallel to a thing from the past, you know, when I'm working on the banquet, I work with a couple of guys who are, uh, they bring them in. They're like longtime comedy writers. These are guys who have like worked on small shows to bigger shows, to bigger shows, to bigger shows. You know, one did stand up and worked his way up, you know? And uh, so they're kind of sort of taking these, you know, traditional paths up and up and up in their particular field. And, you know, with me, it's it's just like, you know, this kind of happened on accident on the internet, you know? And I, I didn't really take that traditional path. I you know, I, I hate to say it, like, you know, I didn't have to work as hard as you guys did. And, uh, you know, yet here we are all working and it, uh, like I said, th- th- there's a little bit of guilt and all that, but, you know, like I said, when you're a, uh, you know, you're a person from the internet, it's, uh, it's really, really hard to get a big, uh, a big head about this. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm you know, not to sound, uh, kind of sort of just blase, but, you know, I'm just, happy as hell that uh, uh people seem to have enjoy it you know that's uh you know and uh, like i said if uh you want to mute me from time to time go right ahead i completely understand <laughs> well i will not be muting you anytime soon. oh thank god uh, thank god you're the one yes i'm that one so i got you but um <laughs> no seriously th- thank you for thank you for the time thank you for uh the cool funny stories 
Um, and thanks for your work. I mean, I, I think I speak on behalf of everybody listening when I say it's a, it's a welcome relief from the craziness and, and mm. whatnot that is the world today. So we thank you for that. We love you. We love your work. And um, we'll hopefully be seeing you soon at the racetrack and looking forward to what you have in store this year in 2021 for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, JV. I, I, I appreciate all the kind words and to echo your sentiment, my gosh, I hope we're all at the, uh, the track sometime soon yeah. here when it's all, uh, you know, when it's, when it's good and safe, uh, that'll be, that is going to be such a wonderful moment. Like the, you know, the first race back actually, oh, you know, uh, seeing all these people with whom I we've communicated wait. only electronically for several years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, uh, keyword when it's safe. Yes, so, that is true. Yep. All right. Good deal. Go blow your nose now. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, NASCAR chasm himself. I told you guys he's a very interesting cat, isn't he? And there's a lot more than meets the eye than just tweeting random Casey Kane V-neck pictures or creating an unbelievably catchy song about the 2020 season or making fun of every Clint Boyer tweet that comes across the timeline. He's a really cool dude. And I want to give a big shout out to Nate Ryan, Jeff Gluck, and Michelle Martinelli of NBC Sports, The Athletic, and USA Today Sports, respectively, because... They each had NASCAR Chasm as either on their podcast or did a profile on them, and I use those heavily in my research. So three people that I really look up to in the sport. So if you guys are listening, thank you for listening, and thank you for letting me use your guys' podcast as some research for this conversation. Hope I did it justice. Let's close out the show. What do you say? Look nuts of the week. Cue that funky music, white boy. Landon Castle is going to run full-time for JD Motorsports in the number four Xfinity car this season. Ryan Vargas is going to do the same in the six. So back-to-back awesome driver announcements for JD Motorsports. Two fan favorites. Good to see them get some positive pub and some good news heading into this season. Kelly Blue Book will be the primary sponsor for Chase Elliott at both Richmond and Texas this year in the Cup Series. Alex LeBay is going to be returning to DGM Racing, driving the number 36 car. Funding is being secured for the second half of the year, so they're going to try to be full-time, but are not officially there yet. Stage and race lengths for the National Series events have been announced, but a handful are still TBD. I believe the Circuit of the Americas race is still TBD, as well as Bristol Dirt. Or no, Bristol Dirt Race has their lengths announced, but there's a couple more that are still TBD. Jordan Anderson's going to run for the Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year for his own team, driving the number 31 car in Xfinity. He still plans to compete with his truck team on a limited basis, and they're TBD on drivers for the rest of the year, but he's going to try to run the Daytona truck race, but he will be focusing most of his energy on the Xfinity program. How about a blast from the past? Timothy Peters, he's going to run full-time with the new Camping World Truck Series team, Rackley WAR Racing, that was announced as a full-time effort this year, so congrats to all parties over there. Bubba Wallace was named the overall 2020 NMPA Pocono Spirit Award winner. Congratulations to him for that and that social activism. Youth Theory will sponsor Corey LaJoy at Spire Motorsports for the Daytona 500 this year. Austin Cinder is going to drive the 33 Ford for Penske. And it's a Verizon-sponsored effort. That's going to be really cool to see on the track. The The rendering of the paint scheme looks really cool. Ty Gibbs is going to run the full ARCA schedule and a partial Xfinity schedule in the 54 Xfinity Series car for Joe Gibbs Racing, his first event being at the Daytona Road Course. 
Then you're going to have Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin run at least one race each in that car. Kyle's going to run five, Truex is going to run one, and Denny will run one as well. Ty Dillon was also announced to run four at least races in that car this season. So Ty Dillon's going to be trying to attempt the Daytona 500 for Gaunt Brothers and part-time in Xfinity for Joe Gibbs Racing. Garrett Smithley is going to run a partial schedule in the Cup Series for Rick Ware Racing this year. Andy Lau is going to run the Daytona Road Course for Our Motorsports this year. Kyle Larson picked up a sponsor for the Daytona 500 in Nations Guard, but that's kind of a Hendrick-backed effort. So sponsor, yes, outside of the Hendrick family, not really. Drew Dahl will run eight races in the 51 truck for Kyle Busch Motorsports this season. The eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series is returning for 10 events in 2021, five on Fox, five on NBC, and Keystone is going to replace Miller on Brad Keselowski's car, one primary race this season for them at the Coke 600, but that is it for that sponsor. That'll wrap things up as well for episode 92 of Victory Lane 2.0. If you like what you heard here today, please do me a favor. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you consume your podcast, we should be available there for your consumption. In the meantime, we'll be back next week with another guest from the NASCAR world. Daytona is right here. It's coming up right around the corner. It's upon us. I can't wait. Keep washing those hands. Keep staying safe. Keep staying inside. And I'll catch you on the flip side.